Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season three, we're talking all about travel jobs. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to share today's episode with you with my guest, Fernando Cabestani. And the reason I'm so excited is because he took his background in graphic design and decided to take it globally. So a traditional background that maybe you wouldn't think would be a travel job, he was able to turn his career into that. So let me just introduce him really quick, and then I will roll the interview. So Fernando is a multidisciplinary designer. He helps companies grow through branding and design. He's originally from Mexico City, and his work is influenced by the different cultures he has seen and the skills he's learned from living and working in Asia, Europe, and the Americas for many years. Driven by a passion for new challenges, he always looks for new flavors and amazing people worldwide. So the conversation is a good one. Here it is. Welcome back to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. Actually, he's going to introduce himself. So, Fernando, thanks for being here. Why don't you tell us about yourself and your background? Yeah, thank you for uh, thanks so much for having me, Kelly. Um, my name is Fernando Cabestani. I am originally from Mexico City. I am a graphic designer turned animator turned creative director, and then I have traveled to Asia and the U.S. and done work for several different companies worldwide uh, while kind of like living one of my passions, which is travel. Perfect. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today, (laughs) because I love that your career is sort of not what you would consider a travel career, but you've made it into this where you've been able to work globally. So that's what we're going to chat about. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Cool. So when you were first starting out, did you have a vision of what your career would look like? Oh, not at all. Not even close. Uh, actually, I was already in college. I was studying graphic design and I didn't know what I wanted to do. Kind of like the, the future wasn't looking very promising, what they were telling me. Uh, but then I went to a conference and I saw a guy and I was like, that's what I want to do. And that's how I got into that field, which was more advertising, post-production, motion graphics. And that's when I started doing what led me to going to other companies and other countries. Very cool. So what was the conference about and what was it about that guy that really stood out to you? Uh, the conference was about visual effects and post-production kind of stuff like that. I didn't know much about it, actually. I kind of like went just because they went to my school and they were promoting it. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll go. And I don't know what it was about the guy, actually. Like it was just some sort of like connection. I was like... I saw myself doing that and not what my teachers were telling me. Um, so I actually, I, I went around the booths at the conference and then I learned kind of like what software they were using. So I downloaded it at home. I self-taught, uh, I got self-taught into like how to use these things. And then I reached out to 
I looked him up like a year later and I said, Hey, I met this guy a year ago at a conference. I want to work for you. And they were like, sure. When, when can you come? And I'm like, I'll be there tomorrow. And that's how it all happened. And it was a series of coincidences, but I kind of like ended up working on like really high profile projects from the get go, which kind of like opened the door to a lot of like connections and big portfolio and stuff like that. So yeah, it was, I, I had no idea what it was going to look like, to be honest. Wow. That's very cool and very serendipitous. And I just think it's important to note that when you are open to opportunities, you're like, I didn't know, but this one guy sort of changed the trajectory of what you were going to do. And I think that's so important to draw attention to. So just stay open. You know I think so. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Like be open to the possibilities that the universe offers. Absolutely. Yeah. And so at that time in university, were you into travel? Did you have international aspirations? Not at all. It's actually funny because I had these friend from I met her when I was in middle school and she actually traveled internationally twice a year with her family and they go to like Japan and Europe and Africa and whatnot and she would send me postcards and I'd be like yeah, that's interesting right but it never actually like crossed my mind that I could do that myself like my my family didn't do that like we traveled locally like within Mexico and that was about it and even my friend would be like, hey, you should come. Like, you should totally, like, travel around the world. And I was like, no, like, why? Like, why would you do that? Like, I have everything I need here. And, yeah, I don't know what happened, but actually my very first trip solo abroad was to Japan. Um, my friend was living there. So that obviously kind of like helped, um, but she was, she was working. So I didn't really like see her that much, but that kind of like opened something in my mind. Like that it was like, like it flipped the switch that it was like, yeah, you can, you can do these things. Uh, so from there, I actually started traveling just kind of like for pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, so I went to like Japan and Europe and I went to Coachella and like California a lot and stuff. Um, but still, to be honest, it didn't even flip the switch of like, you can work somewhere else. I love it was more like, this is my job. This is my career. And I do it here. And because I make good money, I can now travel around the world, but I always come back. So yeah, up until that point, no, not even a clue. Wow. This is also good again, because it's like <laughs> this sort of open-mindedness awareness thing. Like if you knew or realized it was a possibility, maybe it would have happened sooner. But like, this is where you're at. And so actually my first solo trip was to Japan also. So that's a funny uh, that's cool. coincidence. Yeah. Um, so take us to the next step. How did you get your first job abroad? When did the connection get made in your head that you could maybe take this abroad? So next step is when I was about to get married, um, I quit my job. Like I quit that industry because it was like a very demanding industry. It took like really long hours and I'm like, this is really not what I want for my brand new marriage. So I quit and I started freelancing. And as I started freelancing, I um, started like working with clients like in the US and Canada from Mexico. And then at some point I was like, well, 
if I'm good enough at my job that I can do it for them here, I can probably do it for them there. So I started looking for jobs like abroad and I didn't really have a clear idea. Actually, I only knew that I wanted to move to the United States. Like that was kind of like my very small idea that I had at the time. Uh, my brother was living in Miami at the time. So that was kind of like the, the trigger, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I started applying for jobs, like tons of them. And some people got back to me, some people didn't. And then I applied to this one and it happened to be in, well, the, the headhunter came back to me and she's like, hey, will you be willing to come to China? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know, maybe Hong Kong or Shanghai, but yeah, I don't know. And she's like, okay, cool. We have this like offer in Beijing. And I was like, I, I don't know. Like it didn't sound appealing at all. Like, mm -hmm. and to be honest, I didn't know anything about Beijing either, actually. Um, but I actually talked to my friend, the one that was living in Japan. And she's like, well, this friend of mine is living in Beijing right now and she's having a blast. I'm like, okay, cool. Then I'll come. So I, I interviewed, I met the owner of the agency. Like, he's like, cool, cool. When can you come? I'm like, this and this, this is how much we're going to pay you. And it was, uh, I think it was a two month contract or three month contract that ended up uh, going to four months. But I remember like I was talking to him and then at the very end of the interview, he's like, hey, one, one last thing. Do you speak Mandarin? And I'm like, no, no, not at all. Not even a clue. He's <laughs> like, ah, it's fine. We'll figure it out. <laughs> and he was from New York though. So, so the, I, I went to, to Beijing. Um, I was super anxious about it. Like when the time came to go, I actually like, was like very anxious about it because he was during the H1N1 epidemic. Uh, and from Mexico, I flew to San Francisco and in San Francisco, they gave me this piece of paper that said, if you hold a Mexican passport, we're going to put you in quarantine in China. Like no questions asked. <laughs> so I remember I, I called my wife from San Francisco and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should go back home. Like, I don't think this is for me. And she's like, no, you're going to go because this is a good opportunity for you and for us. So you're going. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going. <laughs> and, and I went and that one experience, that experience like blew my mind. It was like a whole different world. Like it, it truly changed my mind to the point that when I came back after the four months, and it was tough because I was already married. My wife stayed in, in Mexico because she had a really good job and we could just not drop everything for a four month trip. But when I went back, I'm like, I'm sorry, but we cannot, we can't be here anymore. Like there, there's a world out there. Like I, I cannot live here anymore. And I started looking for a, for a new job, like somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This is a great story. So first backtrack to China for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Were you put in quarantine? I was, um, it was actually great. Uh, I had a great time um, because I guess it wasn't as big of a pandemic as like COVID, for instance. So because I was a foreigner and it was kind of like at the beginning of it, they put us in a hotel. Uh, so I had a hotel room that was actually bigger than my apartment later when I actually <laughs> moved into the apartment. Uh, and we had like food and stuff like that. They were like other 
tourists like there in the hotel like so we could chat it it wasn't bad at all i had cable which i didn't have in the apartment um it, it was great the only thing was like super hot it was in the middle of the summer and it was like 43 44 celsius which is in the 110 fahrenheit kind of thing uh so and and they couldn't use ac because ac would be circulating the viruses so everything was kind of like boarded up like the the vents so it was really really hot but other than that like it, it wasn't bad at all wow and then with the job itself what was that like showing up on your first day what did you notice right away what were the differences between the work you did back in mexico and with the u.s and canada and then what you had to do in china it was well it was not the job itself like everything was different like it's it was a parallel universe like to be honest like i got there um the recruiter picked me up from no there was a driver that picked me up from the airport and then the recruiter kind of like took me to get a cell phone and then a sim card and like this is how you're gonna call me if you need anything this is how you're gonna call this and this and then this is a convenience store and this is what you can buy and this is what you should probably shouldn't buy and if you need money then this is the atm and this is how it works and this is what it means and blah, blah, blah. it was like crazy and then i finally walked into the office and people were kind of like business as usual like it was definitely not as shocking for them as it was for me right like to me it was like a whole new life and to them it was just like another foreigner freelancer coming um that agency specifically had a lot of foreigners working uh for it so it was super welcoming both chinese and foreigners um super super nice people um the work itself was different um mainly the culture was different so like the the aesthetic was different that that was there was a bit of a culture shock for me visually um, but great experience like i i would do it all over again in a heartbeat that's awesome yeah and what type of work were you doing exactly for them and what did you have to learn and able to in order to be able to do it effectively i did so what I did before in Mexico and as a freelancer was mainly TV commercials. So I did motion graphics and animation for TV commercials. When I got there, um, it was actually an ad agency, but they had like a big events branch. And I was working on that branch that I, I didn't know <laughs> until I got there. Um, so I did have to learn a lot about the events industry and how to like adapt my work for that kind of industry, which has, it, it has its own challenges and, and yeah, like pros and cons, like everything else, but super interesting. I, I'm a knowledge junkie. So it, it was kind of like going back to school. So it, it was really nice. That's great. And at what yeah. point in being in China that you're like, okay, I need to keep this momentum going. I need to find a job outside of Mexico. I would say it was like one single moment Mexico is at least when I was there growing up, like it's it's very homogeneous, like right, like the there's economic classes and whatnot, but but it's it's very we're all Mexicans and that's about it, <laughs> and we all think very similar and we kind of like have very similar beliefs and and that kind of stuff and it's reflected everywhere, like 
education, culture, religion, TV, everything. When I got there, I met people from all over the world with like different beliefs, different religions. Like they like different food. Like I had never had like, I don't know, uh, Malaysian food or I don't know, Mongolian food, like tons of things that didn't even exist in my world. So everything was new. Everything was like exciting, stimulating. I, I met really good friends, like expat. The expat community was like super tight. And I went to like parties and people's houses and I worked on like cool projects. And it was just like, this is, this is like my great life because I had a great life. But it's like, this is my great life times 100. So, so why not, right? Like Absolutely. So then what happened next? How did your wife react to your feelings on this? And what did you do? My wife actually studied abroad when she was in college. And she was a lot more, I guess, open-minded in that respect. Uh, her school actually encouraged people to study abroad. Like they, they have like an exchange program with like tons of schools all over the world. So she studied abroad, her friends studied abroad, like that was a thing for her. So when I went back and I'm like, hey, I, we can't do this anymore. We can't live here anymore. She was like, great, where do you want to go? And these guys, they said like, do you want to come for two months or two years? And at first I was like, let's try two months first. And they got extended to four months. But then when I, when I went back, my wife was like, let's just go. And I started looking and I found um, I found an offer or I got an offer from a pretty cool company in Houston, Texas. Yeah, we moved, which it's funny because when, when I told you like the, the recruiter to call me, it's like, hey, would you come to China? I was like, in my mind, I was like, well, no, like cool world is like New York and Hong Kong and Tokyo, right? And then I had the very best experience in Beijing. And I guess along the same lines, when, when someone says like Houston, Texas, it's probably like, eh, I don't know, not a very exciting city. To me, it was also a great experience. Like it was, I met great people, like great food, culture, concerts, everything. Like it was, it was just great. Yeah. Great. And what kind of, did you change roles or was it a different type of company or were you doing a little bit of the same that you were doing in China and when you were freelancing? The core was the same. The core was kind of like always motion graphics and animation, but because I had a graphic design degree, so I knew also about like typography and layouts and like all the, all that stuff. And then because I had been in China, I knew a little bit about events now. So I knew about Interactive. This agency was actually a B2B marketing agency. So on paper, it was completely different. But I kind of like got to apply my skills to what I was doing there. And then I got to take those new skills to the next job and so on and so forth. It, it makes my career, to be honest, like unique. And it's hard to like pinpoint what I do and find a job. <laughs> but it's also very rewarding. So definitely. And did you have challenges finding these jobs abroad? Um, well, yeah, I guess they'll come with their own challenges. Like the US specifically, if you're not American, the immigration system is, is tough. 
uh, you need to find an employer that's willing to sponsor your visa and that kind of stuff. So that was probably the biggest one with the US. Other than that, like people were like, yeah, sure. Like you can come, but they're like, if you're not a citizen, I cannot employ you. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as China, for instance, no, China was really easy to immigrate to. Like you, you actually went, no idea. I was going to go with a tourist visa and then we exchange it for a work visa while you're there. Mm. Like you just go do the paperwork at an office and and they do it like they you take care of it. Sounds easy enough. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. And then you went back to China? I went back to China. Yeah. So when I was, I was living in Houston and then that agency lost their biggest client, which really affected like operations and then people got laid off and whatnot. I didn't, but you could tell that it was coming probably. So when I was in Beijing, I became friends with the headhunter and kind of like at the same time, she reached back and she's like, Hey, I'm in Shanghai now. I working with this company and they're looking for someone with your exact profile. And I already told you you're coming because you love being in China. So kind of like you need to come now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'll come. So they flew me for a week actually to interview with the owner because the, the company was actually a German company and the owner lived in Germany. That was the main office. So he was going to be in China while I was in China. So we met, I, I met the team and I kind of like saw how they worked, the projects and that kind of stuff. And um, I, I liked it. They made me an offer. That was a good offer. We, we just, we just moved again. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. And it's worth pointing out like connections are really important to maintaining those professional relationships because you really never know when you're going to be in need of a job and when someone needs exactly you. Yeah, 100%. And I would say to me, it's not about like, oh, I'm going to be nice to this guy or this gal because maybe I'm going to need them in 10 years. It's just like, just, just be nice. People notice. And be good at what you do and work hard and people notice. And and that's how it happened. Actually, when we were in China, the reason why we eventually came back is because of a friend that I made in Houston while while I was working there. So, so yeah, it's all um, really quick back to the challenges. The biggest challenge all the time was uh, traveling with our dog. We had a puppy, we had a basset hound Uh Uh, and that one was hard because it needed like permits and like vaccination records and whatnot. And that one was hard. She was, she was a trooper though. But Wow. And what was the process like? And what was the flight like for your dog? Uh, from Mexico to Houston was a direct flight. And then Houston to Shanghai was probably Houston to LA, yeah, and then LA Shanghai. Uh, they, she's a big dog, or she was a big dog. She already passed away. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, so they have to travel like in the cargo area. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of travel in the cabin. So that was that was tough for probably tougher for her than for us, but <laughs> right. 
but yeah, emotionally that's tough to wrap your head around, but what are you going to do? Not for Yeah. Sure. I mean, she was, she was my daughter. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was probably more challenging on the way back because when we first got there, um, we flew United and everything was fine. But then on the way back, United was not flying dogs anymore during the summer, I guess, because it got too hot and they had too many deaths or something. So they changed the policy and they didn't fly dogs anymore. So we were kind of like stuck in China with our dog. And we had to uh, find an airline that flew dogs and flew to the U.S., um, so, so yeah, we, we had to figure that out, but it was fine. We flew to LA and then Shanghai LA and then from LA we drove to Vegas. Which is where you are now? This is where I'm at. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> the story comes to a conclusion. So what, how did you end things in Shanghai and what brought you to Las Vegas? Well, so I mean, you're probably familiar with like Latin cultures and how tight they are right like families are tight mm -hmm. and my wife had a really really good relationship with her mom and when we were in China my wife got pregnant and the pregnancy itself was challenging because it was a different country and she was actually very sensitive to smells and in China everything smells like it's really rich it's it's a really rich environment so everything smells so she had a really hard time like throughout the pregnancy and being away from her mom was kind of like tough when during that important time in her life and we decided to come back and then i had this friend who had been telling me like hey you should come like work here like come back uh, and for a long time i was like no i'm like i'm good here i'm great like i'm loving it and then eventually she got pregnant or my wife got pregnant and i was like well maybe this is a good time to go back but still it's like i don't want to go back to mexico mm -hmm. like i still want to find a compromise and that's why we uh we came back here to to the u.s and yeah our daughter was born there though she was born in china and then as soon as we could fly out because of her age mm -hmm. we um we got on a plane and, and came back wow yeah how does citizenship work? Is your daughter a Chinese citizen or? No, she's not. She has a Chinese birth certificate, mm -hmm. but they don't do the birthright citizenship. Okay. Uh, you have to apply for it. And, and it takes a while. It takes like 11 years or something like that. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's not, it's not quick. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she's a, she's a Mexican citizen at the moment. Um, she'll be American citizen in a few months. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of like how it works. Yeah, very interesting. And so any plans in the future as a family to maybe try somewhere new? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're actually kind of like waiting on my daughter to actually gain her citizenship mm -hmm. because we have two other kids now. So we have three total. And I want to make sure that they kind of like have the same opportunities. Mm -hmm. Or at least I'll, I'll do my best to give them the same opportunities. And then from there, they can build upon but uh, I don't want to be in, in the situation where I'm like, well, you know what? Like they can go to, they can work there. They can go travel there, but you can't because you don't have a visa. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like where we're at right now. We are we're pretty happy here. Like we, we're not in a rush, but I, I definitely feel the, the itch to go somewhere. Like, 
I understand that completely. So yeah. your story is super interesting. And thank you so much for sharing it all, all of that with us. So now that we're all aware that you can actually take your career globally, do you have any advice for someone who is considering doing just that? Yes. Let me pull something up, actually, that I created okay. for my uh, career week for my daughter's classroom. <laughs> so, yes, I have some tips. One to me is like find find a passion, right? Like other than travel, of course, but like something that will carry you. Like, like I I really truly enjoyed everything I did for all these companies because I really enjoyed the core of what I did. So, so the design and the, the animation and the motion, all that was great. So, if, of course, I grew professionally and I learned more about like brands and branding and kind of like higher level stuff. But, but it was always the core that kind of like let me go from one to the other. Um, and then I think everything else is more like on the personal level. It's like be nice, be kind to people. Like it will open so many doors immediately or in the future like you mm -hmm. you never know but just just be nice um be a self-starter like when i reached out to the first guy i didn't know that there was a process to apply for jobs and apply for companies and blah blah, blah. i just sent an email and i said like i saw this guy this is what i do i want to work there and they replied the very same day and they're like when when can you come and i went the very next day and I got, it was an internship, but an internship that defined my career. Um, so I, I don't want to say like disregard the rules, but also don't follow them to the T. Like <laughs> if, you really, <laughs> if, you're feeling, if you really feel like something's for you, go for it. Right. Yeah. I love that. Like, don't just stop because you're told no, or there's like a conventional path that you're supposed to take. I do air quotes all the time that nobody will see, but <laughs> go for it. Things don't come to you. You have to go for it. 100%. Like, I think that's, that's probably the biggest lesson is like life won't happen if you don't make it happen. Right. So, so do your part. Yes. Like, yeah. So, so that's one thing. Um, be self-starter. Like when I actually got my first job, it was because I taught myself how to use the things and then I put something together that was valuable for the people that I reached out to and then they were like sure come let's do it and same thing with the other companies I'm like this is what I do this is how I can add value to your company like I'm willing to move blah 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 like just make it easy for them to like be attractive yeah. absolutely um, and I love that you said you taught yourself the things that you would need to be doing. I think that's so important because like you said, with the rules, a lot of people see one way to do things. Like you have to study this and have a degree and all of the expertise, but there are other ways to get the same result. A hundred percent. And especially nowadays with like YouTube and social media, like there's so many ways you can learn the things that you need, but you don't have to go through all those like proper channels, mm -hmm. formal channels, like just, just do it. Like what, I think one thing that, that I've learned is like, people don't care if you actually went to college or not. They don't care if you are of X, Y, or Z 
citizenship, if you got like great grades in school, they care that you can actually add value to what they do to their companies, to their customers, to their projects. And focus on showing that, not on not on like the credentials, yes. if that makes sense. Perfect. That's like, I think, perfect advice to end on. <laughs> Fernando, thank you so much for being here. If people wanted to learn more about you, is there a place they can find you online? Uh, yeah, they can find me uh, fernandocavistani.com. Okay, and That's I'm linking it website. in the show notes as well. So for easy access. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation. I'm inspired, so I know everyone else will be as well. And I will catch everyone on the next episode. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, I'm really, really looking forward to like what everyone's going to do with this. Wait, before you go. If you are here because you are exploring your travel options, I am excited to share with you that I've just revamped my free offerings to help you on your journey. Whether you need help budgeting for a career break, saving money for a trip, or learning how to effectively apply for a remote job, I've got you. Visit the link in the show notes or go directly to www.travelshifters.com freebies to download what you need. And don't hesitate to let me know what you think. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.